0: Welcome back to Absurdity, where we talk about all things absurd in religion, culture, and society. And today, the absurd thing is how good Henry looks. But honestly, that's an absurd thing every day. I, I, people say I'm funny, and I laugh every morning when I look in the mirror. Hey, I get lost in my own eyes if I look in the mirror for too long. So I, you know, I, I think you and I both have problems with that. And
1: well, Ryan, I don't know what the weather's going to be like there in, in where you're at, but tomorrow it's going to rain here, so you might want to stay indoors, because if your nose was any further up, you'd drown. Wow. Well done. <laughs> well, well
0: played, sir. Well played. Not um, to rain on your parade, but... <laughs> speaking of shots fired, um, oh. today we've got quite a doozy of a topic for you. One that Henry and I have been looking forward to for the last couple weeks. weeks, um, because a a friend of ours, someone that I had the privilege of meeting several years ago when I was pastoring full-time and um, am super excited to reconnect with, and um, someone who currently uh, is going to educate us on all things to do with being a black person who has kids coming up, ready to, ready to learn how to drive, ready to um, start taking on the world and um, with a little bit of a twist to that conversation as well. So we're going to get into that, but I want to yes, introduce... because this t- conversation will arrest your attention for sure. Well done. Um, well done. So I want to introduce to you guys uh, Anthony Carter, born in Jamaica, raised in New York, uh, is a pastor in North Carolina, and um, has a master's in marriage and family counseling, a wife with a PhD in counseling as well. So a family who... Uh, really understands uh, what it means to enter the human experience and and really meet people where they're at with uh, both sympathy and empathy, because both of those things are needed at different times, um, as well as wisdom. And um, so I, it's my pleasure to introduce to you guys uh, Pastor Anthony Carter, who um, also has four kids, Ashley, Jasmine, Jared, and Tyler. So Anthony, Thank you so much for coming on, man. I'm glad to have you here. It is good to see you and your beautiful face and beard again. Um, and tell us what is what is the most interesting thing here that 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 makes this conversation a little bit more unique.
2: Um, I'm here. That's what makes it great. My presence is awesome. Uh, um, you know what it is? It's, 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 no, that's, that's facts. facts. That's, that's actually that's facts. Facts. Yes, is it? It's 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 always nice to be able to uh, have conversation and converse with friends. About issues that are facing our society today, and, and in our own context, in our own context, trying to find a, if not a, 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 a solve or resolve, it's always good to be able to find a, a, a common ground where we're better able to understand each other and move forward. You know, it's, I can't have your experience, you can't have mine, but maybe if we could understand it a little better, we'd be able to move in sync. Uh, with each other. So that's, that's, that's my mentality. Is it it wrong or right? I don't know, but that's just how I see it at this point.
1: Well, and something else that's going to make this really exciting and what Ryan was kind of alluding to is that on this menu of things that you bring to the table, you got a blue plate special that you can offer us because you're not just giving us an example. Sorry, if you haven't figured out yet, Anthony's kind of chuckling to himself. I'm the comic relief sometimes. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and my point is my point is there is also something else you do for work and and yeah. that's going to bring another perspective to kind of balance out everything we're going to talk about today and what exactly is that anthony
2: so yeah in addition to being um a local church pastor i also serve as a chaplain for uh um uh, two police departments mm. currently yeah.
0: yeah so this is going to be this is going to be an interesting conversation because I think, and and I think there's 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 a couple things that we should qualify about this, which is number one, um, each one of us here respects and appreciates police officers on a broad scale. I Definitely. think I think I, I think yeah. I'm safe in saying that. I think um, I think we're all appreciative of it. I can I can tell you countless times uh, in my own life where I've had to call the police for any reason, for several reasons. And, um, and they have, they have done a huge service in whether just by their presence or by their, their actual intervention. and that includes saving lives, um, as well as, um, comforting and, and, and taking command of a situation. And so very grateful. And so this conversation, I want to temper with that fact, um, and the fact that I think all three of us in this conversation, and maybe, and you can feel free to correct me if I'm if I'm speaking out of line here. But I think all three of us desire a more effective, more efficient, and more trusted police force, and police officers that are taken care of in their emotional and mental and, uh, ge- and you know emotional well being, mental health, all of all of that good stuff as well. But I, I think all of us desire those things, and and it's that framework that comes from this conversation. Because the other side of this is, we want for citizens to feel safe. We want for for general people and especially people of color right now, given the current climate. Uh, we want everyone to feel safe in these, you know, when they're driving to the store, when they're driving home, when they're driving in a car that looks nicer than what the stereotypes allow for, right? We want. Uh, these are outcomes that we want, and so I think our conversation is hoping to bring some understanding. and And Henry and I are coming at this uh, from a from a perspective of wanting to learn and wanting to educate ourselves as well as engage yeah. in conversation. And so that's where we come. You know, I I think Anthony, what you shared is really important and pretty much nails or hits the yeah. nail on the head for what absurdity is, which is just trying to figure out how to navigate these conversations, modeling that navigation. Whether we get something wrong and have to apologize or whatever, but modeling that so that other people can feel confident doing the same. Um, these conversations are not just reserved for the PhDs. Us normal people have to have them too. So yeah, with that, um, Anthony, can you can you shed some light on on, you know, kind of your experience as a black man, as a yeah, chaplain so, you know, in the police force, um, especially when you're in the now? genesis
2: of it as far as going into the department, you know, I, I was pastoring. In a particular area, and uh, um, I wanted to be be effective for my community. And I went to the local police department and I spoke to the person that was in charge. my My rhetoric was simple. I said to them, "I want to be able to be of assistance. Um, What can I do to help community, help the young?" African American boys and girls. What can I do to build them? So when your officers show up, it's not showing up to arrest them. It's showing up to say hello to them or greet them. How can we work together? And uh, 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 the person said to me, "You know, help them. Talk to them. uh, uh, Have help your church have more programs for them. Keep them involved. You know, keep their minds active and 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 just try to build them up." Uh, um, so that's, that's, that's how the conversation got started. And before I left, he, he said to me the, the sheriff said to me, um, you know, we have a program that I would love for you to be a part of. Okay. Um, never heard of it before. First time, never heard about it before. He said, we have a police chaplaincy program and I'd love for you to be a part of that to help my officers, you know, help, help my deputies, uh, uh better. Just listen to them, hear them out, speak to them, not to evangelize them, not to witness to them, not to bring them to your church, but be a listening ear for them. Uh, I wonder what, what that entail. So I would have to ride along with them and be with them and all that. And you know what? I did it.
3: It was excellent. I love it. It's a great thing to be a part of. And there are two things. First thing is this. I think a lot of us, will not understand what an officer goes through until you're in that vehicle. When you're in that actual vehicle and you hear the calls coming in and you're driving with them,
2: uh, and when a situation happens where the lights are on and they're rushing to a scene and all these things are happening, uh, you realize how in a split second, everything goes another direction. Um, they have to make decisions on the spot. So I recognize the work. <clears throat> now, on the other side of it, being a black man in America, especially at this point in my life, being a black man in America with,
3: with, 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 with children who are driving, with kids who are driving, um, I will admit to you, I'm still nervous.
4: -hmm.
3: With all my police affiliation, I'm still nervous. Um, It's funny
2: you mentioned driving a particular car. Uh, um, I have I I have a particular car, and uh, recently my daughter and I were driving, and my daughter was driving in a predominantly white neighborhood, and she was driving the car. She had her hood on her head. She had a hoodie on her head. Um. Cause she said she, her, ears were cold. Okay. She put her hoodie on
3: and she's driving and I'm looking around and I said to myself, Mm-mm. Hmm. okay. Uh, 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 here's the thought I go through my head. I won't lie to you. Here's the thought. And she and I even made a joke about it, but it was, it was real. It was real. I said to her, I am a black man with my teenage daughter. Wearing a hoodie, driving this particular car in this particular area. Mm. I said, Ash, we're about to be pulled over. We're, oh, I said, girl, we're about to be pulled over. And I went to say to her, take the hoodie off. But I stopped. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't comfortable until we were out of that neighborhood Mm.
4: Mm.
3: that's just that's just what it is
4: yeah
3: you know that's just what it is and let me let me go ahead and put
2: and put this out there and put this out there i promise you i promise you i know law enforcement
3: folks Mm. who are genuinely good folks They are great individuals
2: who would stand up for wrong and stand against wrong. And even though I know these individuals, I am friends with them. I am friends with them. They know me on a first-name basis. Uh, I know them on a first-name basis. They come to my house. I hang out with them. Even though I know these individuals, the reality of my life is this. When I'm driving and I see lights behind me, I still get nervous.
0: So can I, can I ask you a question here? I think, I don't think I've ever heard this question asked if, and, and maybe that's, that could just be my own lack of research. I don't know, we'll find out. Um, but I'm I'm curious because one of the things, number one, first, thank you for being that, for opening with that kind of transparency. I, I, I think that's important. And I think that lays some good groundwork for us. Um, number two, I think one of the one of the things that that people resi- are hesitant or resistant to this conversation and resistant to the idea that, that black people are afraid uh when they're when they're driving in the wrong place at the you know whatever time, you know they 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 think either the statistics are overblown or out of you know or out of context or whatever, which ironically, I tend to feel the exact opposite that you have to take them out of context to get to the other side of this, but my question is this: when if you, can, if you can identify it, when did those feelings start for you? At what oh, I can tell point? You. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and it's okay we, if you don't know we, like the day, a year, and month, you know. It was about 2000.
2: Yeah. yeah. 2002, 2001, 2002, somewhere along those lines. Um, my church, I, had a t- I was attending a church in New York and we had a picnic coming up. We had a picnic, church picnic coming up, and you—you you, you gotta love this one. The picnic was in Long Island, New York, and I lived in Queens, New York. And my brother, myself, and two of our friends were going to the church picnic. Um, we had on T-shirts for the church. You know, churches give out T-shirts one a time. I don't know if y'all remember that churches give out T-shirts, and 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 on the T-shirt it said the name of the church. It yep. said the year, it said the picnic, and we're just, you know, excited about it. And the four of us are driving to the picnic. Uh, we opted not to go on the big church bus. We say, you know, we're going to drive together and have a good time. Uh, um, we got lost along the way.
3: We got lost along the way. And uh, uh, um, I saw an officer. And the officer saw us. As well, and he pulled us over. When he
2: pulled us over, this is we're talking about Long Island, New York. When he pulled us over, uh, uh, um, I was excited, right? I was genuinely relieved
3: and happy that he pulled us over. And my mindset at time was, my mindset at the time was, good. The police knows the way. He'll tell us where to go. Surely he'll help us. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. And the officer walked up to the car, gun drawn, gun in hand. I'm not talking about gun in holster, I'm talking about gun in hand. And
2: I looked over to my left. We stand to mm-hmm. my left. I looked to my left, and all I knew is I
3: saw this really tall white guy with a gun in his hand. And I was like, what, what what's happening what what in the world it was just
2: a moment of what is really happening right now and he said windows down and i wouldn't i i i said i my, the car is driving the time the front window had just broken two days ago the the the, the me- me- mechanism had just broke so the window couldn't come down so my brother who was in the back seat oh no. rolled his window i said officer The window can't be broke, come down. The window is broken. The window is broken. I can't, my brother can't roll down. I said, officer, I can't roll it down. The window is broken. And I was just like, hey, that's it. Uh, um, I didn't want to open. And and in that moment, I said, I don't want to open the door. I don't want to open the door. If he sees me open the door, he has a gun in his hand. Who knows what could happen next? So my brother said, the window is broken. And I said, and, and, and he said, and he started, I said, "Officer," and I started talking out loud because he wanted him to hear me. I said, officer, we're on our way to a church picnic. We are lost. We don't know the direction we're going in. We need help. Put the-, I said to him, put the gun away. I don't know what got in me. I don't know why I said that, but I said it. I said, put the gun away. We are not of any danger to you. We're trying to get to a church picnic. Look at our shirts. And all of us had the shirts that said the church name the picnic, and the date. And at that point, he put the weapon away. And he said, where are you trying to go? I, di- I didn't want to tell him anything at that point. I was so upset. I'm like, why, why, why is mm-hmm. that even necessary? Um, so he told us, he said, okay, uh, uh, well, the reason I pulled you
3: over because you got, a, you, got a, you, got a, you got on and off the exit twice. Yep, that's because we're lost. He let us go, and from that day, that was my first experience. Now, gentlemen, I want y'all to understand this. I want y'all to understand this. I have had guns drawn on me many times. Okay? I've had guns drawn on me many times. Not once
2: was the thief. Not once was the gangster. Not once was the thug. Every time a gun has been drawn on me,
3: it's by a man in uniform. Every time. That's the reality. That's the reality of what I live in. Right? Mm-hmm. So from that point on, from that point on, um,
2: from that point on, I, I've always had the fear of what's going to happen next now to be honest with you go further with it over the years i've been alert of it i'll be aware of it even with my police affiliation i'm still aware of it but that thought process has manifested itself even stronger in 2021 because i now have teenage daughters who are driving in less than a year, my
3: daughters will be driving by themselves. That reality paired with what can happen, it,
2: it, it messes my mind. To the point where I said to my daughters, when they start driving by, even now, I said to them, listen, here's daddy's card. Here's daddy's law enforcement card. You get pulled over. You show them your driver's license. You show them daddy's card. And you say that my dad's with his the law, law enforcement department, and you're not saying that to get away from anything. You're saying that in hopes that they would bring down the tension. It's yep. not fear that my daughters should have to have that conversation with me. Why can't they just get their license, give their license to the officer and be okay? Why do, yep. they, why do I have to feel the need to say to my daughters here? Show them daddy's card. Not looking favor. Not look any favor. We're not looking in favor. It's just to say to them, hey, hey, hey. Can can can, can you just be calm? Yeah. You know. So that 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 that's 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 my experience. That that's the first time, 2001, 2002, Long Island, New York. Uh, that was my first time feeling uh, 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 the feeling of. And listen, there's if you want to have a rush, let a gun be pointed at you.
0: Don't All actually right, do that, though. Hand. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, don't actually Listeners do that. Please that, don't, yes. go do that. <laughs> don't actually, right?
2: Don't do that. Don't do that. But if you, but you know, it's a real thing. Yes. If, if you want to have that moment, that, that it's, it's a it's a numbing moment, but fearful at the same time. When a gun is in somebody's hand, and you know they're holding it for the purpose of you. Mm. Yeah. So that two thousand one, two thousand two, that was the first time, and ever since then, I have been mindful of it. I'm aware of it. Um, and I try to, I try to use my police affiliation to understand different officers. And, you know, thankfully, thank you, God, that in both departments, I'm a part of the officers who I've met, who I know personally, you know, I haven't had a bad experience with those who I know. Uh, Um, but here's the reality, guys, here's the reality. It only takes one in one moment. It only takes one in one moment for everything to go left and, and, and for lives to be lost. So that's yeah.
1: that's just that. That's the truth of firearms. It only takes one bullet and you're done.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even though I even though I could know an entire department full of great people, it would only take one one person,
3: one moment, one bullet, one life. Yeah. Gone gone it, it 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 hurts me my daughter said to me last week saturday we were driving and she
2: said to me she said to me if i get pulled over will they shoot me like my 16 year old daughter has a genuine fear of being pulled over because she thinks she'll get shot
0: and what's frustrating is there there's a lot of people in The country right now that would look at that and go, well, then you know, you it's just the media controlling her. It's just the media. It's just the media. But there really are, um, there really are. When you have a job that gives you access to a badge and a gun, and you only have to go through what a few, a few, a couple months, a few months of training to get it, right? Um, That does attract a lot of people. The military does it as well. Uh, Attracts a lot of people who are uh, who are angry, who want power because they grew up without it. Um, they grew up being abused or bullied or whatever. And now, and they are the bullies. And there's a lot of people that can't wait. I, I, I was actually worried, uh, shortly after the Capitol riots, because right after the Capitol riots, I, I hopped on parlor, the, the, you know, the, the far right wing, uh, social media outlet or social media platform. And I hopped on there because I wanted to see what these conversations were. I wanted to see if I could find stuff from the Proud Boys. I wanted to see what I could find of like the premeditated parts of the January 6th riots. And um, then I found about the parlor leak and I was like, oh no, someone's going to like see my name on there as a user and think that I'm a part of this. Um, but man, the number of people that were saying that, that I saw there and that I've seen on Reddit, I can't wait to sign up and be a part of the police and and, and to chase down these guys. Right. Or to chase down um, black people, to chase down people of color. And and I can't wait to. And it wasn't to be clear. What I don't mean is in general. What I mean is like they were saying this in response to riots. They were like like the George Floyd protests last year and Black Lives Matter protests. There, there's there is a genuine feeling of I can't wait to get out and go mm. do. And the the theory behind why the Capitol riots kind of fell apart was not because or you know, considering that many of the people that were present there and then engaged in that have are trained in the use of firearms to some in one way or mm-hmm. another. They're saying that the reason that it didn't do more damage than it did was simply because no one while everyone there had so much training with firearms, no one had training in leadership. So when you actually get in the heat of the moment with a large crowd of people, no one actually knew how to take command and and make use of their training. Mm-hmm. And so like that that one thing, basically, you know, a village full of idiots is is what saved us from from a lot worse disaster that day. Yeah. And so I, I'm just wondering, you know, how do we how have you had this conversation or and and how? With people on that side, do you even engage in it? Like, like, is this something that you actively yeah, so, look to try and?
2: So you know what? Listen, and 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 here is what I don't want to do. I don't want to make this. I don't want to make uh, uh, racial tension and racism only a police thing, because yeah, yeah, it goes far not. beyond that. Okay, and I, 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 I um, and let me, let me, let me, let me go on record of saying I support police. I believe in police as you said earlier Ryan. I believe in law enforcement. Uh um I believe in it. You know, I I uh, I'm blessed to be a part of it. I'm blessed to correspond and dialogue with officers. So I don't want us to paint a picture of police and racism and make it all one shot. Nope, no, nope, don't do that. That's not. There there are there are great folks, wonderful people and within the organization fortunately you have people who are, like you said, the ones who just wanna get in for the for the power, for the authority, who have the wrong motive. Um, now, to go further with, as we talk about, I live
3: in a predominantly white neighborhood, okay? I'm gonna give y'all an experience. I was, um, I went to the store the other day, went to the store the other day,
2: and as I was getting out of my vehicle, I saw this older white guy. Anything, anything off it? He had a Trump hat on and Make America Great Again shirt. Promise you, did it is what it is. Okay, hey, that's his. That's his. Those are his thoughts. Those are his political views. Bro, we never going to have that conversation, do you? Mm-hmm. I'm here to pick up some food. And get on my
3: way. Cool. But here's where I got concerned that man was open carry and he had a weapon on him. And I was like, huh?
2: And all of a sudden I was more aware of his presence. Mm. He wasn't law enforcement. He was a 60 to 70
3: year old white guy with a pro Trump hat on carrying a Smith and Weston. Okay, <laughs> okay
1: then. And last, I checked, open carry is not legal in North Carolina.
2: It, is, I think it is, isn't
1: it? Not, not in public. I think only on your own property. If I'm remembering oh,
2: correctly, may, may, I which, which I, is I don't know, I don't know. Which, by <laughs> the way,
1: showed which shows the different experiences right off the bat because the first thing you're thinking is, oh, this is going to be a disaster. And me, the ignorant white guy, is just like, wait a minute, dude, that's not your CHP <laughs> license. Right. Doesn't allow that,
2: right? I mean. I think it is. I'm a I'm not sure, but I think it is because I've seen a numer- I've seen it numerous times since. But I'm I in that moment I became more aware of his presence. Okay. I became more aware of his presence because uh um now I don't know the man. I don't know the man. But based on the hat, the shirt, and the weapon, and let me be honest, the color of his skin, I now became aware of him. Yeah. Now, going to the conversation of, of, of a, you know, the, the whole, the riots, the, 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 um, I was, um, no, when I am the riots, when they stormed the Capitol, uh, two days ago, two days ago, I went to the same supermarket and I saw another older white guy. I'm walking in and he waved to me. He waved to me. So we're, we're, we're all pastors here. So, you know, when you see somebody wave to you as a pastor, you start thinking, wait, do I know that person? Have we met? Did I preach at their church? You start going. You start going through. You start going through. Where did we meet? Right. So I. I so after I could the process where I met him, uh, um, I said, "Okay, maybe he's with somebody behind me or in front of me." He came up to me, and well, as he's walking towards me, as he's walking towards me, Henry, ready. My guard was up. I'm like, "Oh boy, it's about to happen." no sir not me today i am not nope nope it's not and i'm my, i'm 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 ready in my mind i am ready to engage this man uh, and protect myself because i don't know what he has in mind he comes up to me and he says to me have you heard the one about the horse who fell in the mud so i'm like wait I'm starting off with wait. a joke is this some
0: kind of racial slur? Whoa. We got wait, some we got wait. some some next century racism
1: about to happen, right? Like what right. what innovation is happening right. in front of me? Yeah. And, and by the you way, know, since I miss right. I misspoke I earlier, agree. I now have the facts. It is actually legal to open this makes the story even worse, probably. It is actually legal to open carry a North Carolina, not on state or federal property, if one does not have a CHP or concealed handgun permit. So the likelihood okay. of them having it open carry probably means they didn't qualify for a concealed weapons permit.
2: Cause oh, see what, no. yeah. Which, yeah, which just so, makes you feel even so, better so,
1: about that, this. But anyway, <laughs> that
2: made me feel great, right? Great. So he comes up to me and he says, "Have you heard the one about the horse and the mud?" And my mind is saying, "Is this some kind of racial slur?" And you know, I'm like, "Mm mm mm mm." In my head, I'm like, "I'm like, mm mm." Don't do it. Don't 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 do it. You know, I I I I was I was I was I was ready. I was ready. Healthy Jesus, to become secular for two minutes. I was ready to be secular (laughs) for two minutes. I was ready. And he said to me, I was like, no, I haven't. And I looked and I said, no, no, I haven't. And he said, it got dirty. And he laughed. And he said to me, hey, listen, man, listen, we're all here on this earth together. We have to know how to coexist and be happy and just embrace each other. I just want to embrace
1: you. What a and it, i was like maybe mental what he said i was like there i don't know oh, oh
2: okay but when he said it i saw in that moment i saw the genuineness in him hmm. and i was like yeah we do we do um so to see to say talk about the Capitol now to see what happened in the Capitol, to see what transpired i don't engage in that conversation because no matter how you spin it there's no justification for it.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, for me to engage in that conversation with someone who has opposing view, how are they going to end? Are they going to end by justifying it? No. I rather engage in a conversation with someone who says, "Hey, let's 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 learn each other. Mm-hmm. Let's learn each other." And I've been actively doing that. I've been actively doing that. I had a gentleman. Um, uh, I I think, I think my phone rang, my phone rang a few weeks back and a gospel song came out of my ringtone. And this, this, another Caucasian white guy, he heard
3: it, he said, oh, you listen to the gospel? I was like, yeah. He said, um, what artists do you like? And I said, ha, learning moment, teaching moment. You know, we, we, we
2: can't turn the pastor off inside of him. We can't yeah. turn it off guys. You know." Nope. We can't turn it off. We can't. It's just in us. We can't turn it off. I was like, mm, "Holy Ghost, let a coal from the altar fall on me right now." I'm about to preach this guy and let him know God is real. Oh, He's on, on. the and road said, to um,
1: Emmaus. Let's go.
2: Right? I'm about to put you on the road. I'm about to take you to the road. And I said to him, um, "Well, I, you know," I said, "Do you know the Gaithers?" He's like, "Do I?" I was like, "Yeah, man. I I I love the Gaithers." I, I, I um. Uh, Linda Randall, and I start calling some of the names. I think I think there's a, like the Cox brothers or Cox siblings, something like that. And I start calling some names out. I see what you're doing, and he's I like, see "What? what? Right?" And he was like, he was like, he, he looked at me in amazement, and he said, "I thought you were going to say Kirk Franklin."
3: Uh. And I was like, "Well, I do like Kirk Franklin. I like all." I said, "How did you know?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> How'd you know that? Who told you? Do you know me? Do you secretly know me? And uh I said, who do you like? And he was talking about some of the songs he knows, and some stuff. I said, listen, I love hymns. I said, I love hymns and 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 I love I love I love you know when, when people sing and I love music. Uh, uh um and I said, of course, listen, tell you something. You give me some Kirk Franklin, give me some Marvin Sop. I am all there, but you know what? That Martha Munizi. Martha Munizzi, you don't talk about that, Bill Gaither. <laughs> and he and he was just, he was just there like amazed. And in that moment, again, I chose not to be offended by his thought process that because of the color of my skin, my preference is limited to only quote unquote mm-hmm. black artists. I took them to say to him, Listen, I like music. I like music, I enjoy good music, and we share with each other, we had a moment right there, and I walked away hopefully thinking his viewpoint had now expanded. Those are the conversations I I indulge in. Uh, uh, The conversations of injustice, the conversations of how to make us better uh, as people, um, I engage that as far as a counsel I'm not talking about that because you know what again there's no your viewpoint unless your viewpoint ends with it was uncalled for, it was wrong, it was intentional uh, 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 uh there's no justification for it mm. unless that's
1: your viewpoint
2: I'm not trying to hear you because if you're saying to me it was necessary mm. yeah i don't, we, we don't have that I'll... talk oh, go ahead, Henry.
1: Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I wanted to circle back to something because you you've you just demonstrated something that I know is hard for people of faith, but it's something I think as people of faith we try and and teach definitely in ministry, and it's giving up one's right to be offended, right? If you're going to be working with people, but to that end, I mean you're modeling that, and 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 that's awesome. But I I guess in in the society in which we're today, another follow up question would be, how does one engage in that kind of mind? growth conversations that kind of thing when you have already been offended or you have been violated right so so for example it's it's yeah you kind of understand both sides you've been able to you've chosen to purposely go okay i'm not going to be offended by that and i'm going to go beyond it what happens when someone who may be listening or whatever or not goes well that's easy for you to say i've been racially profiled the last 12 times i tried to do that or someone i mean we're in the south yep. somebody has said something yeah plain stupid racist to me or done racist things to me. And now you expect me just to give up my right to be offended. Well, it's too late. I've been violated. So like, how does one engage in that kind of conversation or do they engage in that conversation? Is that the point where they go? No, it's not safe for me. I need to, I mean, what do you think towards that end? I I
2: don't know. I don't know. I honestly, and, and I I know that's me, son. I, I don't know the answer to that. You know, um and don't get me wrong i'm i'm very much offended by some of the statements folks make um but what what
3: what what i've been learning to do by god's grace is understand the the root of the statement um currently i'm doing a study
2: on the word crisis and uh, uh, in preparation for a message, I've been tasked to do, and in studying the word crisis, one of the things that is come that one thing that comes out is that
3: um, all crisis has a beginning. All crisis has a beginning, and if you understand
2: the root of it, the beginning of it, you'll be better prepared to deal with it, and. I think that God is helping me to be at a point in my life where when people make, especially folks who are uh, uh, not like me, and when I say not like me, we're not, you know, as far as uh, ethnicity is concerned, um, when folks aren't like me make a statement in in a few moments, I have to decide the root of it. Where's, where's it coming from? And based on where it's coming from, I know how to respond.
1: Mm-hmm. So, like malicious okay. versus ignorant kind of thing,
2: right? You know, uh, uh, for example, um, I was as, as as Ryan mentioned before. I was born in Jamaica. I was born on the island, and you know, raised here. And occasionally, I have folks. Oh, you're 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 from Jamaica? I'm like, yeah. And they and they put on this this false accent, and they try to talk. In that accent, and (laughs) it drives me nuts because I'm like, what what, what are you doing? What what, what are you doing right now? Like, or you know, but I take a moment to realize where are they coming from? Are they trying to be offensive or is it just Mm -hmm. ignorance? So, based on that, I know how to approach it. Now, some statements are just blatant ignorance. Um, I had I had a a a white guy look at me one time and say, Listen, all you're good for is lifting things up. That's all black guys are good for, just to lift heavy things up. That's not ignorance. Yeah,
0: that's that's, that's malicious. malicious. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Right, right. Well, and- so, so, so that's so. You know, I I don't know the full answer to that, except right now to say to you, I try to see where they're coming from. As I said to you prior, the gentleman who heard my phone ring in the store with the gospel song, he wasn't trying to be, in my opinion, at least, he was not trying to be. Uh, uh, um, in any way disrespectful or or, or try to knock me down. He heard a gospel song Mm -hmm. come from my phone, my ringtone, and chose to engage me in conversation with, hey, I like gospel music. Who do you listen to? And he was shocked when he found out who I listen to, some of my artists I listen to. That's not, and he said, I'm shocked by that. Yeah. That's not, that's not, that's not malicious. That's, Ignorance on his part,
0: and a, so and a desire I, for connection. That is a, a, and a, a desire, desire for, for connection, connection. Yep. right?
2: Right. So you know, I think I think that a lot of times, you know, that's what's helped me. That's what's helped me to function when dealing with others outside mm. of my ethnicity, outside of my scope, and 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 thus far, it's been successful. Uh, uh, um, you know, it's been successful thus far. But, you know, reality is you, you, you see it is again, you know, um, guys, let tell you I counted the stories. I was parked somewhere three weeks ago. I was parked in a particular neighborhood. My daughter was taking care of something at someone's home, COVID safe mask up. Let me go put that disclaimer in there. She had her mask, she was safe. And she's like, Hey dad, can you wait for me? So I parked my car in a neighborhood and I was just sitting there for maybe 40 minutes, hour. And a gentleman came up to me. And knocked my window and he looked at me, and said, Hi. He said, Hi. And he said, Hey, I'm from the neighborhood. I saw your car parked. I saw you in the car for a while. Uh uh, um, I just want to make sure you're okay and and you know, see what's going on. You've been sitting here for a while. Now, my first thought was, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, Mr. White Guy. What? You see a black guy parked up in a neighborhood and automatically think I'm here. Scoping. You know, all the
3: negative scenarios are in my mind. All of them. And I looked at him and I was ready to be like, man, move.
2: Man, move. I was ready to just like, move. I don't need to answer you. And I was very offended by it because what, what is your business? What is your business if I'm parked? Uh, I'm, am I in front of your house? Am I I'm, a, I'm on the street parked? And that to me was, that was, how do I now, back to your question, uh, uh, Henry, how do I, where do I put that? Do I say to myself, oh man, that's a homeowner looking out and seeing a car parked up for 45 minutes in his neighborhood. He's just being safe.
3: Or do I now say to myself, would you bother me if I was a white guy parked up mm-hmm. somewhere? I don't always know the answer to that. Yeah. I you know,
2: I don't always know the answer to that and I just kind of deal with it as it comes. And I get offended at times, I get bothered by it at times. Um when I you know, when I realize it's when I realize it's them being malicious, I'm offended. When I realize they're being just just racist. Um I get really offended and I deal with it accordingly. But when it's ignorance, I try to take the moment as an opportunity to dialogue with them in hopes that it was if nothing else will plant a seed. So to answer your question, uh, for those listening, I don't have a straightforward answer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Again, at this point, I just kind of try to differentiate between ignorance and and disrespect. And based on that decision. Or based on that kind of answer, I know how to deal with well, the California. Yeah, that's, that's, that's that's kind of where I leave it at. Go ahead,
1: you're good. Well, I, I cut you off last time. I was just uh, I was just going to thank you, Anthony. That's that's a really genuine response, and I think adds a lot of validity to what you're saying. Because if they were easy answers, shouldn't somebody have already solved it by now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, Ryan, go.
0: Yeah, um, and also my camera died. I don't know what's going on, but uh, we're we're gonna. My battery is low. I think so. We're gonna power through this for anyone watching on YouTube, but. Uh, Anthony, I think you've, you've shed a, a, a really good light on a couple of things. Number one is actually a concept that I brought up a few episodes ago um, on episode 150, where I talked about the idea that a conversation is what takes place when, when at least one party cares more about the other person than they do about the, the topic of conversation or, or the, the thing being argued about or talked about. Um, the idea being that as long as I care more about you than about winning the conversation, then it is a conversation. And I think Mm -hmm. in those moments where you're making the determination between ignorance and, you know, intentional malice, your, or even unintentional malice, but you know, there, there is a, there is a line. Um, I think you're determining, Mm -hmm. does this person seem like they're trying to connect with me more so than, and they're just doing the Mm -hmm. best they can. Right. And, and I think that's where you're, that's where, where you're making that distinction. And I think that's something worth pointing out is it, the, the yeah. other thing that, that you, I think demonstrated with the story of the man in regards to the gospel music is, is the idea that it's relationship where a lot of these, 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 you know, the, the bricks that make up this wall of ignorance. So the bricks that make up this wall of, of internal prejudice that, and bias that people have, those are best taken apart and and taken down, you know, brick by brick through genuine relationship.
1: Because, well, especially since race, racism, and bigotry is yeah. taught.
2: And, and, and let me tell you all this. And let me say this. And, and right, and let me tell you all this. I mean, I and this is my experience. Uh, uh, someone else may may disagree, but to be very honest with you, when I'm dealing with my, my white brothers and sisters or Caucasian, whatever whatever, whatever politically correct term you want to use, um, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I get it. I'm on guard. Right. I'm I'm when now now when all of us first met. I remember when when they when they put all of us together. When all of us first met, I was like, (laughs) "Oh boy, oh boy, oh man!" And what? Me tell what gave me comfort? What gave me comfort? Like, okay, okay, more of my guys are here
4: than theirs. (laughs) And
2: if it goes down, (laughs) uh, numbers on our side. I was like. If it goes down, they are going to lose because we outnumber them. They are they are on our territory. So try if you will. You're gonna lose this one. And I was on guard. I was like super on guard, right? And and here comes Henry, right? Here comes Henry, tall white guy with his butt-down shirt and his loafers on and his pants, looking as just looking as gap as he wants to look, right?
1: Now listen, I wasn't wearing loafers in my defense. <laughs>
2: And I'm there like, okay, okay. And I'm ready. Like, what are they going to say? What are they going to say? And then we all were together and we start talking, mm-hmm. right? We start to talk and we start to build relationships. And before long, we were hanging out in each other's rooms. We were going out for midnight snacks. Guys, that was not the best decision we made. That was not good for us either.
1: <laughs> No, I, I I'm still wearing. Still I wear wearing mine
2: now. proudly. Right. Thank
1: you very much. Yeah.
2: There you go. There you go. You know, and 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 we we got to know each other, and you know, here we are, umpteen years later, we're still together, and you know, so again, <clears throat> because so much has happened, right? And this is not media. This is not media, because as a people, we've endured so much and had so much happen to us. You put 10 african Americans, black folks in a room. And I promise you, each of us has a minimum of five, six, seven stories we could tell you in which we had to deal with some form of racism of some kind. So because of that, when, 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 you know, as I said to you, when that guy came to me in the supermarket, the man had good intentions. But because of my experience, my guard is automatically up. I want to hear you. I want to hear you. But because but because I know that there's a 90% chance it's going to be some nonsense, I'm apprehensive. Yeah. I'm apprehensive. I've, I've, I've been to—I've I, I, had the privilege. God has opened the doors for me to speak and preach in different congregations. And I remember the first time I had to preach in a mostly... I mean, I, it, let me tell you something. It was an all-white congregation. There was two black folks in there. It was me and one of the guy.
1: I'm so sorry.
2: Right? Let me tell you something. I, I was on the pulpit, and I was like, well, good morning. Yep. There's only two black guys in here. Praise the Lord. And I said, I say, look, I looked at him and I said, listen, you need to make sure you shout amen for
1: everything <laughs> well I done.
2: say. Because... It's just the two of us in here,
1: right? Listen, white churches and are like funeral homes. I swear, the, and I say know, that,
2: Pastor. <laughs> Listen, I won't say that. The crowd laughed, right? The crowd laughed, and we kind of made the best of it. And and and, and you know, the message was great. And after the church is over, after the church is over, the lady came up to me. Oh my gosh, Pastor, that was so great! It's been a long time since I heard a black sermon with all the shouting.
3: Thank- um, uh
2: thanks yeah. uh, thanks thanks she's like she said yeah all the baptist preaching inside of you oh we don't hear that kind of preaching here and she said and she said oh i, I gotta come to your church i love that black voice uh, oh. <laughs> praise 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 you know, the lord i, um, I think mm, I, yeah. mm, I can't mm, i think jesus amen Yeah, but again, we just again, we, 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 you know, I know, I don't want to say we, I'll say I. I know I'm on guard. I know, um, because of what's transpired in my life, you know, guns being drawn on me, being told I'm only good, I'm only good to lift things up, you know, uh, uh, um, those kind of experiences brought me to a place where in my initial meet of a person who's Caucasian, I'm apprehensive because I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen next, you know? So that, so, 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 you know, if for, for my Caucasian brothers and sisters, for those of you who are well-intent, who want to have the conversation, who want to befriend all of us and be one happy people, please understand if you get some hesitation at first, it's not you personally. It's not you personally, it's our experience that makes us apprehensive. And, you know, with that understanding, move forward. but we'll move forward with some caution, some understanding, because it's it's real. It's real. Henry said earlier, um, there's certain thought process that Henry doesn't have. He's, he's not getting worried when he gets pulled over. If a 60-year-old white guy comes up to Henry, a 70-year-old white guy comes up to Henry, Henry's like, hey, hey, Mr. Bill. A 70-year-old white guy comes up to me. I'm like, wait, wait, you're 70... 70- that means you yeah. grew up in a period where, hmm, how do I assess? You know, I, I'm thinking all kinds of things. So, you know, just, just be mindful of that coming forward with us. Just be mindful that it's, it's real. It's not media. It's not made up. It's real. We have, we have the dead bodies to prove it.
1: Well, and, on, and on our side, that's what I was, I was wanting to jump in <clears> and say. We have to be open to the possibility that there is an other experience out there than what we have had. Because right. so many people will go, well, I don't understand it. They shouldn't have been. What I, I never have that issue, and they act as if their framework is the only correct framework, right? And we don't right. realize that. I mean, but they you know, I listen to your stories, and I, and I think about that. And I think we talked about this on a podcast several episodes ago. Uh, this actually might have been back on a beautiful faith, but I was talking about one of the craziest police experiences I've had in my entire life happened just last year, and I had to go to the back of this like industrial shop to pick up something that my wife had ordered middle of the day. And unbeknownst to me, uh, it was across from the mall, the big mall in town, and a carjacking took place from someone who had already jacked a car the night before. So the cops are already all pre-positioned waiting for these people to come back. And this person drove the car, was being pursued by the cops, managed to flip down into behind the industrial center and bailed on the vehicle while I'm standing behind this industrial park waiting for this Box to be brought out to me. And they go, <clears throat> fleeing. Now, note, I haven't called the cops. I haven't done anything. Now, the gentleman that was with with me, who was also African American because he was the you know, he was working at the shop, he gets nervous. He goes, You might want to call somebody. And we could hear a chopper in the air. And so we quickly called and said, Hey, a car just got abandoned or whatever, about two. 20 seconds after we call that about 50 police cars come pouring into the thing. They're all hopping out with, you know, full rigs, not handguns, like, you know, dogs, you know, ar 15s shotguns. I mean, they're all jumping out of everything. And, and I can still remember to, to anyone else, you know, in my life, my first thought is like, uh Oh, I hope they don't think whatever, but they take one look at me and they don't raise the gun on me. There's like 50 officers And I'm standing there again, the button-up shirt and khakis and whatever. And they take one look at me. Now, I could have been a well-dressed carjacker. I mean, you know, if you want to say whatever. They don't know why I'm there and why I'm standing there or whatever. I'm standing there, but it doesn't even apparently cross their mind I could be the guy. And they don't even point a gun at me and they go, which way did they go? Right? And I'm going through that experience thinking, wow, this is crazy. What a story. But I'm not in fear of my life at that moment. And at the same time, this will always stick with me. So they start scattering. They let the dog, they run over to the car, the dog sniffs and, and they start moving. And, you know, they they managed to catch them and they make a statement from both of us or whatever. And as they're leaving, I remember the gentleman that I was picking the piece of furniture up from, he goes, he, he looks at me and he goes, I'm so thankful you were here. And, and I kind of looked at him like, well, I mean, I had to get the thing. And he goes, no, 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 you don't understand. <laughs> He, he was like, I have a couple kids at home. I just got this job. He goes, if you had not been here, I'm very worried what might have happened to me standing back here. And it was such a foreign experience for me to think about it because that was not none of that ever crossed my mind. Yeah, You know, I'm just like, well, of course, yeah. they're not going to hurt him. The two of us are here doing a business transaction. Yeah. I, you know, the car's over there. No, you know, but for him, he was like, if you hadn't been standing here, the gun would have been drawn on me. I would have been on the ground until they figured out I wasn't the one that stole the car, you know, kind of thing. And, and it's just reminded me, and it's the point I'm trying to bring back to, we have to be open Mm. to the reality that there are other Mm -hmm. experiences than we have. And until we're open to that, we will never be able to deal with reality because we're living in an alternate reality.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that's why, you know, uh, um, Again, now to bring it to the police department, a lot of times we see videos, and let me let me preface this. I am not defending wrong, okay? Let's go ahead. I'm not defending wrong, abuse of power. I'm not defending any of that. But a lot of times, we so there not a lot. There are times when we see a, a video, or or I've seen a video, and they didn't
3: make the news, and like, oh my gosh, you saw. Three minutes
4: mm-hmm.
3: of a fifty-minute scenario. So there are times when
2: the a- actions of the officers, in the context of arrest, I'm not talking about shooting. In the context of arrest, you say, "Man, so a guy need, a guy got arrested, and you know, here's what happened. Here's what transpired. Here's okay." With that said, I don't put my i don't base my experience i don't base my mindset on media
3: i base my mindset on my experiences and you are it is a true statement
2: it's a true statement if you see a whole bunch of officers and predominantly white officers you're like oh, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> okay Stay still, careful what's gonna happen, right? um and that's not media driven that's experience that's ex- you know that's an experience. Henry the guy said it, the guy's like, mm, wait, what would have happened i'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab in the dark and guess that he's had a few experiences somewhere along the line, and because of those experiences I said to you earlier, I said to y'all, please understand that based on my experience. Even if you approach me with good intentions, I am still
3: cautious. When all of us met for the first time and our and our various organizations brought us together, I I was like, hmm. Okay. All right. And it wasn't until
2: we saw the sincerity with us together that we're like, okay. Breathe, breathe. But you know, but that, that's, that's experience. And Henry, you know, listen, it's right. If the three of us are driving somewhere together, if the heroes are driving somewhere together, right? I'm like, yep. Henry's in the car. Okay, I am untouchable. Mm, I got my white friend with me. Ooh, it's gonna be a safe and easy drive. <laughs> He's wearing khakis. We're all good. We're
1: all good. so the cop rolls the window down you know, and goes, are you yeah, under the exactly. Is he bothering you?
2: Yeah. Right, right 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 but if it's a group versus if a group versus black guys in the car i'm like okay guys guys and you know it's funny you know other friends who i have you know uh we say to each other okay all right three black guys in the car who's ready to be pulled over you know we, we kind of you know you just, it's, it's it's you know we we we,
0: we are if, we if are, anything that's we just are, a coping are, mechanism they, at that point too right like- it, it is yeah, and com- I and yeah. I I get this to some degree as someone and and i brought this up countless times. It is the main thing that ha- most consistent thing that happens to me. But trust me when I say that I have far more conversations about this than I care to talk about or admit. This is just the easiest one to bring up. But the fact that I am Cuban catches people off guard all the time. And Anthony, I don't think you know this, um, but what usually happens when a family, whether they're Hispanic or white, the usual thing that happens is oh, you're Cuban? Do you speak Spanish? And I say, nope, sorry. And they go, oh, well, then you're not really Cuban then. And there is this moment, right, like the second that they find out that I'm Cuban, before they even get to that question, which inevitably comes every single time, um, before they get there, there is this, I immediately get on the defensive. Like I'm immediately bracing for the interaction that's going to happen because now I have to inform them that no, and also like that's offensive for you to dismiss an entire half of my identity essentially um and dismiss my entire mom's side of of my family just because i don't speak spanish or meet what your preconceived notion of what a of what a cuban should be um yep and i brace for that and so like hearing what you're sharing with us is, is like what I experience is a microcosm of it because I am fully aware that I get all the benefits of privilege. And so I, I don't try to go out of my way to claim, you know, victimization of anything, but rather I am honest about, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of it and honest about these things. But the, the reality I think for this is being open to those conversations through genuine relationship. And I think the other part of what you've, you've brought up is everyone has a different part to play in this. And, and I think this is, this is where I think we, we, mm-hmm. we sometimes get caught up in, in anti-racism conversations on the positive side. We think that everyone has to be involved in every step of the journey of anti-racism, but, but just like in the church, you know, the body of Christ that right. there's an arm, there's a leg, there's a foot, there's a hand. um, Right. There is someone where, where you're not the person that engages to educate someone about why January 6th was wrong. There is someone that does, and that's their role to play in the conversation, right? right. And, and so everyone has a part to play right. and, and, a, and a space within that journey of anti-racism education and, and advocacy. Everyone has a part to play, and and it's more— I, I wish we would do more to help people embrace whatever yeah. their role is. And maybe that role simply is calling out an internal prejudice when it, when it rears its head and, and, and yeah. trying to address those things. Maybe it is engaging in those Facebook conversations. That's yeah. not for everyone, but maybe it's for someone, you know, I, I, I just, I see there being, there's room yeah, for here, here everyone in the anti-racism yeah. advocacy and, movement. And, and, right.
2: And, and, and you know what, Ryan, and not to cut you, but this thing has just been hitting my mind. You know, you know what bothers me and this, this it's, it's, it drives me nuts. It's absurd, right? And if you <laughs> and we right? always get there if with you, a
0: guess, we always get there. We always
2: get there. Here, here's here, and, and 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 again. Now I'm a dad with teenage drivers. I'm a father with teenage drivers, and here's what drives me nuts: when someone gives me a rubric. And says, if you follow this, nothing's going to happen to you. And if something happens to you, it's because you missed step three and missed step four. Mm. It drives me nuts. And these same people don't go
1: through life with a rubric.
2: Right. Because the reality of it is,
3: the reality of it is, my daughters... Right? I even the scenario bothers my thought. Let me put it on me. I could drive a car and do everything I'm supposed to do and still run the risk of something happening to me.
2: Right? I can go to the finest schools and get the greatest education and put on the Brooks Brothers suits. And still walk into a building and have someone
3: belittle me and at least attempt to do it. Right? I could do everything that I'm
2: told to do and go somewhere and still be dealt with in a certain fashion. And we have to let that sink in. When someone has dealt with a, has had a, a, a racist experience. Don't victim blame. Don't try to look for the steps that they skip and somehow, someway, it happened to them because they did it. Well, you moved too fast in the car so the officer got upset. Stop it. Well, well, maybe if you, maybe if you had a softer look on your face and you walked to the building, the receptionist would have been kinder to you. Don't do that. Don't do that. Or or, or or maybe, just maybe if you weren't mm. so black about it, what does that mean? Maybe if your hair was cut a certain way, and, and, and maybe if you were, if you did this, maybe if you did that, this wouldn't happen to you. That drives me nuts. But the reality is, reality is, using my daughters, I can say to my daughters right now, Ash, honey, Jazzy baby, listen, when you drive the car, please make sure you do this, do that, do this, do that. Reality is,
3: reality is, if they run into the wrong one, no matter how right they did it, he or she is
2: looking for a reason to pounce on them, all because they're black.
3: So it drives me nuts when folks try to tell me, well, if you do this, that won't happen. If you do this, that won't happen.
0: Yep. In the name of Jesus. You're telling me shut that up. if 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 uh the 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 army lieutenant that is now suing the two police officers who stopped him at the gas station, you're telling me. If, oh, that got my if, blood right. boiling. If I, I think you pronounce his name Caron uh Nazario. I think that's I think that's how you say his name, but I could be wrong there. So I just want to preface that. Um but you're telling me that if that man had done what police had said by reaching by currently his hands her, his hands are showing the entire video. They told they told him unbuckle He's in Military your uniform. Belt. Military uniform. Yes. In light. And, right. and you're telling me if this man right. reaches back in to unbuckle his seatbelt that the police officer, have got shot, he, he wouldn't have got shot. You're telling me They already pepper sprayed him. Because the, right. the 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 first thing that I hear out of everyone was he was reaching for something. And this man knows if he reaches. Right. You're telling me there's there's like to me, that is the perfect example of if this man followed the rubric, he's probably he's probably another another I mean, victim who's leaving life his is cut hands out entirely. there.
1: They they sprayed it. Right. No, I mean, no, they, right. They were wanting to hit him with something. Right.
0: Let
2: So 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 in dealing with in dealing with
3: racist interactions and racism, let it sink in. Listeners, let this sink in. It's real. It's real. And no matter what I do, no matter what I do, if the
2: person on the other end Mm. who I'm dealing with, and I'm not limiting that to law enforcement because racism is all over. If they want to do something
3: they're going to try their best to find a way to do it and justify it. That's just it.
2: Lock that into your mind. See, once you lock into your mind, it's real and the seriousness of it and the generational pain it causes. When you start understanding the depth of it, now come to me and talk to me. Now come to me and help me build something. Understand understand and again i'll bring it back i'm a father with children who will be driving going out on their mm-hmm. own understand that uh, 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 when they drive i'm worried about an accident like any other parent i'm worried about a ticket like any other parent i'm worried about them just being teenagers behind the wheel like any other parent. but i'm also worried about them being abused not like any other parent like the black parent
1: yep and
2: that's where we part ways. I, and, <laughs> That's where we part ways. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 um, uh, I am fully aware. I am fully aware that my daughters can't be hassled. Why? Because why are you driving that mm-hmm. car? Why not? Why are you in that neighborhood? Right? Here's something. And, and, and let me just give you out. And here, here, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. You know, when Pope, it, 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 it just drives me nuts. And I've heard it, you know, my, my, my mom, she was adamant about grammar, right? You will not hear me say me and my, or you won't hear me say mines. That's just not part of my vernacular, right? Growing up, we were taught to speak well on the basis of mom said, however you speak, that's how you write a person will
3: judge you in few moments just based on how you converse with them. And that was ingrained in us. Please don't tell me I'm speaking white. Cause what you're doing
2: now is giving the ideology that white is correct. And everything else yep. is incorrect. Don't play yourself. Thanks.
1: That your only value is in becoming white.
2: You know, uh, right. As it, right. So, 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 so now it's, oh, you're the guy. Oh, you, you speak white. You sound white. You listen to the Gaithers. Oh man, we can let you into our little club. Get out of here. You know, uh, so those are things that bother me. And again, you know, it's just, you know, uh, uh, um, I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. prepared to deal with it if it's me. But I have a wife who drives to work. I have daughters who are coming up and driving uh, uh, and starting to spread their wings. You know, they start, you know, in a little while, my daughters be out of here going to college, starting to spread their wings. I have two young black boys, sons who are coming up. My worry Mm -hmm. is now for them. As far as myself, my worry is now getting home to them because I don't know what I could deal with out there. You know, I don't know what I'll run into. And again, I'm not limiting that to law enforcement. I'm, I'm, I'm extending to the guy who had a make a mark, great again hat with a Smith and Weston on his side, who looked at me as if, if I, old saying, if you slip, you slide, he's ready. You know, looked at me as if I didn't belong to shop in the same place he was shopping at. You know, so, so, you know, these, these, it's, it's guys, we go on and on and on because it's, it's real. And that's what I want the listeners to really sink in. I want listeners to really sink into their thoughts. It's real. You're for every video. You don't, for every video you see, for every video you see where it's not justified and things are happening the wrong way. There are thousands of experiences,
4: mm-hmm.
2: law enforcement and, and, and outside of law enforcement. That transpires that you don't see. When they follow you in the store, right? When they follow you in the store, when when when, when 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 you're online, when you're standing online somewhere, and the person in front of you is a white person, and the the cashier is a white person and said, Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Or when you come up, what's going on, my man? Wait, wait. I don't get sir, I get my man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You wait, know, that, wait, that, that, wait, 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 wait. When he was in front of me, you said, Good afternoon, how are you, sir? When I yeah. come now, it's what's yep. up, my man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this is and this is what we were saying before. We have to be open to the reality that there are experiences other than our default experience. I think another thing that you brought up that's very valuable is relationship mm-hmm. at its core is what heals so much, and it's gonna have to be employed in the various stages or talents and abilities and experiences to make that happen. And then, as you also said, it's going to be nearly impossible to have a positive relationship with someone if you discredit or devalue their experience when you're trying to engage with them. Yeah, You can't just be like, well, if you'd followed the rubric, right. if you'd done whatever. Yeah, and, right. and I just really want to thank you, right. Anthony. Right. I mean, as you say, we could keep going forever. And I mean, but it means a lot. First of all, your friendship means a ton. I I thank you for giving you know skinny white boy like me time uh, when you first met in all these years to to get past my nerdishness and and be like hey okay let's, let's let's relate let's share a bit of life together and sharing life with you in the various ways in the last six years or so now uh, has, has been a has blessing it been six years it's been nearly six years now wow and and in that time I've I've got you've. Honored me being able to speak to several of your churches. You've moved districts since, you know. I I've followed you around a little bit, get to know your family. Um, yeah. watch your kids grow you up. Were my, you were at my Henry, Henry. Stop i Stop following people. It's not
0: okay. Stop well, following people. Yeah, no, no, right. Well, I it's mean, it was. Yeah, you, when you was, know what? When,
2: the, when they're worth following, day, but Henry, but it's you no, know you've got to come, and and
1: and. Yes, and it was and it was hilarious, by the way, because I was. It was like, we show up in yeah. his own nation. I'm like one of like two white folk that had to walk in with everything. And they looking at us like, what are you and doing then When, 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 the, when, oh, yeah. when the, the guys said it, was
2: Henry. And, like, but, Henry's and we, we have a name for Henry. Uh, uh, um, Come on now, come on. Come on, oh, Ryan. You, remember the name we gave Henry? We called Henry. Oh my god! No, gosh. I actually don't. We, nickname, I actually don't The nickname that this. Henry got, and I won't tell you who, or, it wasn't me who gave him the nickname. Oh. And I wish I could take credit for it. The nickname we, that Henry got,
4: right no, it was a
1: ministerial I won't director say the name. elder well, i won't say his name but elder uh, um, w for those who would fear it one of it out. our
2: administrators gave uh, former administrators gave henry a name and he called him uh, um, james white right for those in oh, that no. for those
1: and i couldn't tell if that was right. a positive or a slight for those that been Adventist <laughs> you yes. all know who james
2: white is yes. you know so henry got yeah. henry got That's the amazing. name james white so funny enough, funny enough, it got to the point where everybody really thought his name was James. Right? Everybody thought his name because because those of us who knew him, and we kept saying, James White! And all the guys like, oh, what what a coincidence. His name is James. No, it's not. It's not. Um, but it's, it's 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 you know, it's guys like y'all, you know, Ryan, you, you know, you were hanging with us all of us, I mean. How many of us can be in one room hanging out talking all night hanging you know just chilling it's it's yeah. incredible, but you know that's the that's the beauty of life the beauty of life yeah. is there's genuine friendship brotherhood among us you know it's it's not it's not for a show it's not occasional you know it's genuine friendship i i i i i mm-hmm. I called my friend like, yo dude, this major moment is happening in my life. Show up, show up, and and Henry showed up. Who else showed up? Um, your ministerial showed
1: up. Our our ministerial director, yeah, ministerial showed up.
2: He showed up, and he was like Anthony, so happy for you. You know, can we call his name? Is that okay? Is that a is that all right? That's I mean, mean, yeah,
1: it's up to you. That's up to you. I mean, I don't mind his his name's Haskell Williams. Yeah, his name is
2: dope dope guy. That's my buddy right there, Haskell. Yeah, if you're hearing this, you are the man. Give me a call sometime. Yeah. You know, he's like, he's like, Anthony, I can't believe you didn't call me. You just called Henry. You know, I had to show up. And he like hugged me, embraced me, you know, uh, uh, and, and and the beauty of life is just. We
1: even that. put on the dumb ties. Uh, yeah,
2: he put on. I will not condone that statement. The ties were great in, the, event, in my the
1: idea of everybody wearing the same tie is kind of cool, but you know they go and choose the one dollar bin for what's not
2: what's getting disposed of. For my employers who are listening <laughs> to this right now, amazing. Um, for my amazing. employers, that's thing was made by Henry, and I uh, do not
1: condone. Uh, honored I, by what it meant, but, I but, still but, you have know, my tie. Use, thank use you very tie much. dollars better. Okay, okay. So, so, better.
0: so, let me let me bring us back on track because we we do need to kind of wrap up and here. wrap it up. Yeah, um, yeah, and and Anthony, I do want to give you the last word here as well. So I, I I'm going to throw it to Henry after me and and then if you want to if you want to yeah. share anything as we close out. But I think if I could if I could encourage listeners with one thing, it is you know if I if I could challenge them with one thing, I would say this. And actually, I learned this within the con- within the context of black churches and white churches. And this is something that bringing up your ordination service, which is a special thing within Adventism, um, especially it's a very significant moment for for a minister. Um, Major the the number one thing I've noticed is a difference between white churches and black churches. And this is, this is what we saw with the story you shared earlier about, you know, uh, what other black person being in the service with you is that black people and people of color in general, because I've seen this in in different cultures as well. When they worship, when they're in church together, they're worshiping communally. And what I see in most white churches, when I walk in and, and churches, I've pastored, churches. I've, I've, I've been in, I've, I've been in, well over a hundred churches, easy, easy, uh, where I've either preached or just Mm -hmm. been a part or, you know, just been, been there to attend. Um, the difference is that white people are worshiping individually as a community. So there is a, Mm. the one thing that I wish people could see when we see these videos of, of, um, all of these different encounters with police officers is, A, I think we do our disservice by by reducing racism in, in the police force or racism in police interactions down to just whether or not a black person was shot. Because it, it, there's a whole lot mm. of racism that happens before then. And it, it doesn't have to get to the, they were shot and killed for it to be racist, number one. But number two, I I, I wish we could understand that people of color experience these moments communally that when, when that person on screen experiences this moment or when their friend or family member experiences this, they feel that as a personal thing of that's me. That's one of, that's one of ours. That is, you know, it is very much Mm -hmm. that kind of communal experience because to be, I mean, white people have a, have a very, very, um, this isn't across the board, of course, but there's a very much a, a, individualized experience. And that comes with, that comes right alongside Mm -hmm. suburban America, getting yards, fenced in backyards, being able to separate and, 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 and kind of wall yourself off from other people. That's where a lot of that actually comes from. And I, and, and so I, I wish we could open ourselves up to understand that this is a communal experience every time this happens. And if we could understand that and understand that it may not be them on screen, but it is them. It is that person that is that is talking about this on social media that is hurting and grieving because of it. This is a communal experience, and if we can, if we can understand that, we would have a lot easier of a time connecting with and opening ourselves up to these conversations that are so needed. So that that's all I you know. That's where I think I want to I want to land with with any challenge that I have for anyone listening to this. But uh, Henry, I want to throw it to you, and then and then Anthony, if you want to uh, share any last words, and then I'll kind of cap out the episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've just rehashed what I've said, said before. We have to be open to the reality that there are experiences other than our own. Relationship is really what is going to change so much. That's true of everything, but in this case. But also note, you cannot have a positive relationship. It's near impossible to do so if we invalidate other people's emotional experiences, period. Uh, you know, it, it may be foreign to you. You need to admit it's foreign. You may need to admit that's just I can't compute that. That just doesn't make any sense in my context. That's one thing. But do not invalidate what is being told you. You mm-hmm. have no right to do that. Right. And if you do that, don't be surprised when the other person invalidates the conversation with you and just goes, I'm not going to have that. And then don't go be like, well, I tried, but they wouldn't talk to me. Well, it's not a conversation when you're like, you're dumb. Which is basically what you're saying when you invalidate someone's, everyone has a right to their emotions, right? You can get to the facts later, but do not, whether the facts are wrong, it doesn't even matter. Everyone has a right to their emotions. Uh, So just remember that. The only last thing I would say is, Anthony, I, I, I know we asked you a couple weeks ago to come on for this, and it means a lot to me that you would be as transparent as you've been, that you would share your experiences like that. Uh, it it's it's not only brought a richness to this conversation, and I hope to our listeners, but it's just another reminder to me how rich my life is for having you in it. Mm-hmm. And I just want to thank you for that. And and I, you know, just I love you, man. I don't get to say that in public venues enough, but I I really appreciate the last six years and and the way you you put up with me. You call me on my nonsense too, and it just it it, it makes life. No, I'm serious. But you know, it it makes it makes life good. And, and, and I, I really long for a point where people of faith can help demonstrate that across races, across situations. And, but that's, it's easy to say it's harder to do. And it takes like that. I mean, we're only at this point after six years, don't expect to solve a problem in six minutes, right? We're we're not going to solve a societal issue in six days, six trials, 60 months. That's not Mm going to work. It takes intentional relationship now. And I just thank you for sharing your relationship. With me, with Ryan, but also with our yeah. listeners.
2: Um, you know, mm. so I want to jump this first. Thank, thanks, guys. You know, known you both for many years, and thank you for permitting per me a part of this experience. Um, and I think more of this needs to happen. You know, more dialogue, more action. Uh, um, where we take a stand. Oh,
0: you are welcome anytime. Oh,
2: listen, man, I'm, I'm, about, yes. I'm about to be the next co-host. I, I was just waiting for it right. <laughs> hey, hey,
0: I, I mean, if you just keep showing up. Right. Uh the the link yeah, for the recording stays the same every week. Right. If you want, to, if you right. just
2: keep showing up, about to, I'm about to be the next co-host. I'm about to take this thing over. Y'all don't understand, I'm, You know, I want my name <laughs> in the lights. <laughs> well, um, it it, it it it's 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 great to let me first affirm my friends. It's great to have friends like you guys, really and truly. It's great to have y'all as friends. Uh, um, I value each of y'all. You know, uh, um, I I hold animosity towards you, Ryan, because you don't call me nearly enough.
0: I was going to say, this is the first time we've uh, talked oh, in like three years. So, and how easy so, yeah, it was to smooth yeah, back in is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So if I don't make it to heaven, it's because I'm holding
2: animosity against you. If I don't make so. it to heaven, it's because I am pulling animosity against you if
0: i do not make it to heaven its because i did not call you. So that's fair. Yonder, yeah. There you go.
2: There you go. But no. You didn't call,
1: so the role wasn't called up yonder. There you go. There you go.
2: But it's really great to have friends like yourselves, you know, where we, we, you know, all of us have different backgrounds and we're able to come together as one. And we've been doing that from the moment we met. Um, and felt comfortable with each other and built something. Uh, So I want to definitely acknowledge that. I want to say this, you know, from a law enforcement perspective, serving as a chaplain, um, I want to affirm this. I I, I don't want, and and every time this is said, folks take it as an anti-black statement. It's
3: not. Okay? We have genuinely good people who are Caucasian and otherwise. Who are part of law enforcement
2: and they're good people. Mm. I acknowledge the fact that there are those who are not and they do things that are, are, are wrong, both injustice, it's sinful, it's disgraceful. I'm going to acknowledge that, um, but I'm asking us please don't write off every law enforcement person because of that. Please don't do that. Uh, um, I've had,
3: I, I had an officer look at me one night and he broke down in tears. He broke down in tears. And he said to me, I just want to go home at the end of my shift. I'm not here
2: to, hard, to, I'm not here to harm or hurt anyone. I want to go home. I want to see my child. I'm here to uphold the law.
3: If you need some help, I'm here. If you've done something wrong, I have to, I have to address the issue. Great guy. So I don't want us to write off every single officer Mm -hmm. because of that. Right. At the same time, now put period, move on. Folks get this in your, in your, in your heart. Racism is
2: real. Henry said it. Don't 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 belittle it. It's real. It's real. It's real. And even though human experience in your context doesn't make it any less real, doesn't make it any less hurtful, and it doesn't make it any less fearful for those who
3: encounter it. Uh, um, see me. See me, and I mean that. See me as a person. I am a person.
2: I'm a living, breathing person. My wife, my children, my neighbors, my
3: colleagues, we're all living, breathing people. Treat me as such. Value me as I value you.
2: Uh 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 the songwriter that says pray for me as i pray for you. You know, i need you to survive. I i need you. You need me. I need you. Let us grow in grace together. You cannot call yourself a Christian, a Bible believing follower of Christ and you're harboring racial thoughts and bigotry in your mind. You can't do it. You can't do it. Don't say to me, I'm a, I'm a Adventist, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist, I'm this, I'm that. But boy, that black guy, mm-mm, the two don't go together.
3: You know, mm-hmm. if you're for God, be for God. Mm-hmm. If you're not, then don't. But don't fake it. And if you're going to treat me differently because of the color of my skin, if
2: you're if you're if you're going to hold your purse tighter because I walk inside the store as a black guy, you need to rethink your life. Uh, uh, um, See that and treat me as a person. I'm going to treat you as a person. I'm going to love you as a person. Uh, All of us here, we are spiritual leaders. We are spiritual leaders. We're pastors. Uh, Our responsibility, our calling is to love people, uh, uh, pray on people, pray over them, pray for them, be there for them. And at the end of the day, all of us should be doing that for each other. Folks, don't close your eyes to injustice. If you see something, say something. If you see something going wrong, if you see someone treating another person in a way that's not befitting for a Christian, call them on it. Let them feel uncomfortable. Let them feel uncomfortable. Say, hey, 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 hey. No, no, no. That's racist. Call them on it. Don't be afraid to call them on it. Call them on it. Say to them, you're wrong. Uh, 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 don't be afraid to call injustice by its rightful name. Call sin yeah. by its rightful name, sin. Uh, uh, you know, do do that, do that. Uh, uh, you want to be a part, if you as a Caucasian person, a white person,
3: you really want to help me? You really want to help me? Here's how you help me. When your cousin, your grandfather, your neighbor,
2: when they say something racial in my presence and outside of my presence,
3: Call them on it, hey, 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 grandpa, Mm-mm. that that that's that's racist. Call them on it.
2: do that for me. Call them on it and say, no, no, I'm not with-. so yeah. you know what it is? If you stay there silent, you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem, you know uh um and 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 and, and if I if I could just turn the past I hat on for a second, folks, God is coming back whether you believe it or not, (laughs) here's the cool thing about God. He doesn't need for you to believe it for it to happen. That I really believe in the second coming of Christ. And let me go ahead and ease the tension for everybody. He's not coming back for all white. He's not coming back for all black. He's not coming back for all, all Hispanic. He's coming back for those who are in him. White, black, purple, pink, Remember that song we sang with kids? Jesus loved little children all the world. Mm-hmm. Red, yellow, black, and white. He's come back for everyone who's in him. So yep. if you want to prepare for heaven, you start loving everybody here. And let's yeah. be let let's grow in grace. So that means so much more to say. So much more to say. Uh, uh, stand up against injustice. Uh, um, and I hate to say it this way, but I got to say it. For my black friends and people out there, African American, whatever you want to call it, you know, let's be politically correct. Be safe. We we yeah. know it. We're living it. Be safe. You know, be safe, be safe. Uh um, because we know what it is. Yep. So be safe and, and keep going, yeah. Grace.
0: Well, with that, Anthony, thank you so much uh for being a part of this um and for uh for your openness and and willingness to engage in this conversation and um I hope to have you back on, man. I I want you back on this show uh, more often. Um, I would love to have you here. Um, And with that, listeners, um, thank you for being a part of the journey, for listening this far in as well. If you want to support us, uh, check the links in the show description. Um, And also, if you want to send, you know, if you want us to pass on any messages to Anthony, please email me. Um, I try to protect our guests as much as possible when I can from, from just putting out their contact info or anything. So, uh, feel free to email me, um, and I will happily pass your message on to him. No problem. Uh, it will give me a reason to call him, uh, give me some accountability to call him, uh, more often. So with that, everyone, thank you so much for listening and, um, yeah, we'll see you next time.